Welcome back to the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast. Uh, I'm grateful just another week, another week to wake up and praise God, another week to hear from Pastor Brennan in the word that he is there to bring. I am with a dear friend of mine, a brother in Christ, Liam. He has been on multiple times, um, and it's always a joy to get to talk about how God is working, moving, and convicting us with his word um, through the proclamation ministry of um, Pastor Brennan. So we're grateful for that. I would love if we just started with, um, yeah, just a recap of the text that Pastor Brennan preached from uh, so we can anchor ourselves in scripture and then from there talk about how God is convicting us and drawing him to himself. Yeah, absolutely. So today we did uh, John chapter four, verses one through, I believe, 28. Um, So we start the story off with Jesus is now leaving Judea. He um, is headed to Galilee because the Pharisees are hearing about his ministry success and baptism. And uh, he, the, the word tells us he has to pass through Samaria. It's uh, yeah. divinely appointed, as Pastor mm-hmm. Brennan said, which is uncommon. Uh, a Jewish person would go around Samaria because of the uh, ethnic hatred. I Complications. Guess. Complications. Yeah. That's yeah. a good word. So um, he stops at a well on this trip because Jesus is a human and he's thirsty. Um, and there's a woman there from Samaria. She's uh, gathering water during the middle of the day at noon, it tells us, which is uncommon. Normally they would come, people would, women would come in the morning when it's cooler. And Jesus asked her to get a drink um, for him from the well, which is just a total breakdown of all gender cultural ethnic um guidelines in that time yeah um so she's kind of like blown away um and he starts talking to her and he tells her that the people who drink of this water will thirst again but he offers a a living water that will not cause thirst and of course um i think at this point this woman didn't fully understand what that meant but she asked jesus for this water he she asked him to give it to her um and you know he completely kind of changes the course of the conversation and exposes her sin right? Yeah. Um, and asks her where, go get your husband, tells her to go get her husband. And she says she doesn't have a husband. And Jesus being God uh, knows that knowledge and that she is a Samaritan, Samaritan slut. Yeah. Uh, we heard in the sermon yeah, today. Branded. Branded. <laughs> um, right. Uh, so she is, um, she doesn't have a husband. She's had five husbands and the man she currently lives with, uh, is not her husband. Yeah. And Jesus knows all this. Um, so he exposes her sin and then Jesus, uh, you know, just kind of tells this to her and she says, sir, I perceive you are a prophet because mm-hmm. of this knowledge. Um, she perceives that God is, or Jesus is, is a prophet and, um, which is the biggest understatement ever. Right. And she kind of starts to ask him questions about worship. Um, and he responds to her that, you know, it's not about where we're worshiping, it's who we're worshiping and how we're worshiping. Um, and she mentions the Messiah. She mentions that she knows he is coming and Jesus boldly proclaims that Mm -hmm. I am the Messiah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Thanks for hitting us with it, brother. Of course. We move from in the text, a need, a need to sin, like go from need to sin to worship. And they're all the same conversation, Hmm. which is like, what's fascinating of like, when we recognize our brokenness, we recognize that our brokenness manifests itself in the sins that come out of our lives. Small c, s, s, with s at the end. And then we move to what we worship because ultimately we were built for worship. And that's one of the 
key points that Pastor Brennan made today is that everybody worships and we worship things that are less than, but we look at this woman's story and we can almost taste the shame that she may have in the way that she acts and, and lives, uh, that she is a social outcast. And Pastor Brennan brought up this really sweet point um, that there was the ultimate insider, which was Nicodemus, and the ultimate outsider, that was the Samaritan woman. And both speak to a spiritual need um, that all of us have. And so if you wouldn't categorize yourself as a Samaritan slut, um, just so you know, there's sluttiness in all of our lives, but God rebukes someone who thinks that they're good enough already, just the same, as he lovingly tells this woman that she needs to worship him. Mm-hmm. Not what mountain are you worshiping on, but the what of what we worship is what matters, and everyone worships. And so it's almost helpful in the, this discussion to recognize that all of us are on the same playing field, and we need to identify what we worship. Um, and so that's kind of where our conversation lands today, is to say, man, we see this woman, this conversation happening between Jesus and her, and we I can almost picture the compassion in his eyes as he brings up probably the things she feels most shame about, the things that have caused her to be an outcast. And he draws her in, mm-hmm. inviting an ethnic outsider to know him. And there's something really beautiful about that. Um, and so I'd love to hear what hit you from this sermon. Yeah, well, so quick note on how you said Nicodemus and the Samaritan woman mm-hmm. are on the same playing field, right? That's literally in my notes. Like oh. that was exactly what I wrote down. And then I should have added you too. Um, yeah. Cause we're all on that, that same field. Um, and we're all in a great need, but what, one of the big things that stuck out to me, um, especially as a believer was the idea, um, that pastor Brennan brought up about functional worship, right? What are we, what are we, um, choosing to worship that, is leading to more and more thirst, more and more hunger, and mm. not satif- satisfying us. Um, and if we recognize it, or if we re- look within ourselves, we'll see that we all have that. Yeah. Um, even as believers, right? We're constantly having to surrender more and more things, and we're always looking for yeah. something else. Um, so that idea of functional uh, worship really stuck out to me um, and caused me to take quite an examination of myself and where I'm at. Mm. And so talk me through what you are seeing yourself functionally worship, what you're seeing your friends functionally worship. Like what are the, what are the idols of our time to use kind of a Bible saturated word? Mm. Idols of our time. That's good. Um, I think the number one, and this affects me too, but is validation of others. Yeah. And we see that manifesting in, Tons of ways, right? It can manifest in Mike telling you your numbers. I'm <laughs> giving you your score chart. Mike, Mike telling me I have the most listens on my sermon. Yeah, right. So silly. Um, not helpful, Mike. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I need a little humble pie. So at least we're doing it publicly. Um, <laughs> we'll call you out right now, so you can't go take that. Yeah, take that and put it on your little trophy shelf. <laughs> yep, yep. That's good. I appreciate that. Um, on a on a large scale. Yeah of a cultural way. I think we definitely see it through social media. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, we're the social media generation. We're the instant gratification yeah. generation. We're looking for validation <laughs> from anywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like talk about the dopamine hit you get from a like 
right? I mean, I, I don't have social media, but I was totally yeah. engrossed in that for years. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that, and the, the, the core of that is, is the validation of our physical appearance, right? We're, we're, we're seeking that approval of ourselves that yeah. we can look ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm good enough by wanting people to validate our physical appearance, gym culture, or just barely dressed on Instagram, right? Searching yeah. for these, these likes and these, and these validations. Um, and in my life too, I still do that. Yeah. Um, you know, we just had a conversation recently, uh, you know, about that. Um, and just the constant validation of others, yeah. um, and looking, whether that be at work, whether that be at church, like, yeah. Was my sermon good enough? Was my teaching at Abide good enough? Yeah. Was, uh, am I saying the right words? Do I sound good enough? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, do, do these people at work, right? Do they, am I, am I working hard enough? Am I smart enough? Do I look dumb? It's just this constant mm-hmm. inner monologue. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say for myself, that's where I run. And mm-hmm. as a culture, I would say that's where we run too. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it, it comes out in different ways, but yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, it's really helpful to recognize, like, we just brand our sin Christian. Like we, it's the same, like same selfish endeavors Yes. that the yeah. world has, but we just may say, I just, they may want money and success, but I, people better think I'm obedient. Mm-hmm. People better think I'm holy. People better think I'm enough. Mm-hmm. They better think I'm working hard enough for Jesus. And he frees us from that conversation and says, like, what if you didn't look at you and you looked at me? And that conversation is the same with the person who's feeling dirty listening to this, who maybe said, like, I'm literally steeped in sin. I feel like I cannot get out of it. And the same invitation to the prideful heart is the same invitation to the to the one who would say, no, I feel like a Samaritan slut. Yeah. And it's Jesus reaching down saying, stop looking at yourself. And start looking at me because my truth liberates and it pulls you out of the pit. I went into the pit, was crucified in the pit, was crucified for the pit Mm. so that you could be lifted out of the pit and seated at the table, a blood-bought child of God, Mm -hmm. not because of anything you've done, because of everything he's done. Um, And that, that combats pride because when you think, oh man, I just hope that I'm good enough. Only they would tell me that I'm awesome. And Jesus says, like, are you looking at me? Son, I love you. Are you looking at me? Because ultimately that's the words of death, is the am I good enough? Because mm-hmm. um, when we get to heaven, we pray that we hear, well done, good and faithful service. Servant. Servant. In your service. In your service. But our service flows out of an eyes fixed on Jesus. Yes. It doesn't flow out of this duty, and this work hardism that we love because it makes us feel good. Mm-hmm. Or this whipping ourselves. Yep for our sins yeah, we were talking yeah. about previously that there's two extremes one extreme says like i just want everyone to see how good i am and i'm just going to work really hard and make sure that i do it and the other one says like oh i feel so guilty about my sin and i'm just whipping myself and i'm living in this bath of shame and what would you say to that i would say it's a lie lie um scam just a big old a scam. scam that's a great i love that it's a scam <laughs> Um, I lived in that mindset for years and years. I was a Samaritan slut mm-hmm. for years and years um, before I knew Christ, right? In my high school and early young adult years. Um, but I always, you know, felt this unworthiness, which 
is, is so messed up because we are unworthy, right? But yeah. but we're told that that's okay under the lens of Christ. Like that has been taken away when we put our faith and we repent yeah. and we turn to him. Yeah. We don't have to feel that anymore. But for for so long, I just felt this um, dirtiness and, and shame, mm-hmm. right? Like um, that it pushed me away from God that I thought God couldn't possibly want anything to do with me. Yeah because of how bad I am, Mm. right? So in the sense of like penance and whipping ourselves, what that caused in that period of my life was uh, just don't even try. Yeah. You'll never, you'll never do it. Just give up. Just live into the world, embrace it. Just have it because it's the only thing you're ever going to have. Yeah. And, and that was really, you know, broken down piece by piece slowly for me. There wasn't like a white light, but you know, I remember something that was pretty, transformational um was like the song by david crowder you know how he loves and Mm. um just singing that song forcing myself to sing that song and 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 come to understand what that love really is through the through scripture yeah like reading about what christ did for me and how he Mm. views me um but now as a as a believer as a child of god um i can still whip myself i can still think yeah i gotta fix this first before I come to God, right? Like, and it's, it's all self-consuming, you know, yeah. uh, it says just in the chapter before in John three thirty, he must increase, but I must decrease. Mm-hmm. And all I'm doing when I'm focusing on myself and my sin and, and, uh, my failure is increasing me and not increasing him. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm spitting on the work of Christ when, yeah. when I don't turn to him in my, in my shame and, and seek his love and forgiveness and repent. So, yeah, yeah. Paul says there's nothing that I can boast of except in Christ. Amen. Like I can just boast of Christ. And I think that one of the beautiful pictures of this is when this woman is seen by Jesus. She's seen her sin. This can be like a moment that you'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so much shame. But I remember the I see you moment. Mm. I'd walked away from Jesus. I'd followed Jesus my whole, like really probably age-appropriate childhood from 11 to about 20. And I walked away for about a year. And I remember uh, confessing my sin and having this moment of experience of forgiveness that was like nothing else. And when I had that moment, it was like, man, the one who really can forgive me forgives me. The one who can really hold something against me forgives me. And there's nothing liberating like it. And it was. It was like, I must proclaim Mm -hmm. that Jesus has seen me that like the chains are gone. There's a, there's a Mav city song that says like, look at my hands. They are new. Look at my feet. They are too. Like that. Our chains are gone. Like, look at my hands. Mm -hmm. They're like, there's nothing on them. There used to be chains. There's nothing on them. It's a real bop. Everybody I'll find it. It's a real bop. Um, but I, I listen to, and I think, man, look at my hands. There's no chains. My feet, there's no chains. And there's such a joy that we see expressed. And so for our friends, like if you are like, I do not experience that freedom. Mm. Take a second. Inventory with Jesus because he wants to tell you what's going on in your heart. He wants to tell about the junk that's all in that trunk and say, hey, there's an invitation to be seen by me for us to shine light on that sin and for you to turn from it. Yeah. Because we see... That she left her water. What she came for, theoretically, 
She left. Mm -hmm. And she went. Dropped it. To proclaim. And so everything is droppable. Correct. And we can always turn to the one that actually sustains us, that's worthy of our worship, and it's worthy of our time. And so when we're thinking about somebody who's saying, all right, I dropped it. Now what? Mm. Let's start dialoguing about what maybe a life of worship looks like. Because we're not just going to be in heaven singing songs, but we are going to be singing with our lives and with our hearts and with everything that we do. So how can we practically love them into the next step of saying, hey, you want to live a life where you're trying to turn your eyes to Jesus? How can we help them in that? I think um, I think one very important component component of that is uh, is community, right? Mm-hmm. We, we You need to get in a community. Like, yeah. Um, we don't really see what happens after with her here, but we know what happens after with others who are converted, right? Um, oh, we know that there was a radical move of God in the people of Samaria. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And But just even in more specific persons of Scripture, we see like community, community, community. Yeah. Um, so, and what does that do? That, that, allows us to to meet uh more mature believers who can mm-hmm. point us in a direction of what it's like to worship Christ in our life. Mm-hmm. So, right, if we're dropping it, you know, for me, the first thing that kind of allowed me to come to Christ was I dropped alcohol and and yeah. came to sobriety. Yeah. But then you realize like, man, there's a lot of other crap going on here that I got to let go. Yeah. So like given everything, our finances, yeah. our time, right? How am I spending my time? Is it is it for purpose to uh, worship God, right? And not just in the idea of, I'm just going to sing songs for an hour every day. Yeah, like, yeah. no, am I, um, am I spending time with, with my wife? Yeah. Am I spending time with my family? Am I, uh, you know, am I doing my due diligence at work to be a good worker, yeah. um, to honor and glorify God in the way I work? Because, God worked, you know? Um, so it's it's a, it's a whole idea of, you know, to to worship God. What does that look like? And yeah. I think we kind of, we, we talked about David Foster Wallace. Is that his name? I, be, I know it's David Wallace, but I can't remember. Yes, David Foster Wallace. Great job. So an atheist who gave this speech at a graduation basically said, you know, we all worship something and to worship something is to build our entire life around it. So if I'm coming to Christ, right, you know, does everybody know I'm coming to Christ? Am I, am I hiding to some of my friends, but proclaiming to others, right? Like, am I living publicly? Am I, am I honoring him and my money, how I steward it, how I give it everything? Um, you know, and, and to, to want to, use our life and everything that God has given us to serve him. Yeah. Yeah. That's I know that was very broad, but it's no, okay. Um, we're going to bring it down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to yeah. bring it down just a little bit. So it says, whether you eat or you drink, yes. do everything unto the glory of the Lord. And Liam, I love you're talking about of, Hey, I'm asking about these specific areas of my life that are so naturally like my brain turns off mm-hmm. to the Jesus conversation. When I think about my money. I think about going to Taco Bell. I'm going to ask him about that. I don't care. I don't care what he thinks about. But saying, like, do you actually believe that Jesus wants to be in everything? Yeah, that's good. That's and good. I think that is this, like, conversation we open up with the Lord. And we say, if I looked at every category of my life, my 
friends, my family, my money, my time, my leisure, my rah, 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 whatever that is, synonym, synonym, whatever that is, we looked at every category of our life and we said, how much influence does God have on each of these categories of our lives and the decisions I make and the way I spend my time, my energy, my finances in them? And we invite him in and we say, I actually want you to be Lord of everything because you're my king. And if you're really my king, then I want to do what my king wants. Mm-hmm. Um, it says that Jesus was about his father's business. He didn't say anything that his father didn't want him to say, and he didn't do anything that his father didn't want him to do. That's what it means for us to be fully connected mm-hmm. to the person. And so that bar is high. But we constantly lower our bars for ourselves so we don't recognize our need for God. Mm-hmm. The reason we keep a high bar is because when we're needy, we're dependent. Because if you think you've got it going on, your bar's too low. Yeah. Because the bar is perfection. Yep. And that can feel damning if you don't know the gospel. Amen. And so the, our invitation is to say, hey, open everything up. Open the conversation. Recognize you can't do it on your own. And then look up and look at Jesus and say, I need your help in becoming more like you. And so the invitation to know the gospel is to say, hey, do you really know that the reason Jesus came and bore skin and lived a life that we could not live and died the death that we deserve and rose so that we could have life with him, do you actually experience the liberating power of that reality? Mm-hmm. And if not, why not? Yeah. What part do you not believe? Yeah. That he paid for it all? That he actually wants life with you? That his life is supposed to transform your life when you look at it? Which part? And we'd encourage you to think about that conversation and talk to someone. Liam and I would love to talk to you. Pastor Ray would love to talk to you. All the elders of our church and their awesome wives and the people here who you say are committed to Christ, like talk to them because they want you to see the truth that Jesus is liberating you. He wants to. He's going down into Samaria where all the sluts are. And he's pulling them. He's pulling them out. Of their sin, because their sins, sin's not everything they're worried about. They're not connected to him. That's yeah. the problem. Our sin is just a manifestation of a lack of connection. Mm-hmm. That's the problem, that we're not connected to the Father. He can deal with sin. He's paid for sin. Mm-hmm. And he wants to draw people to himself. Um, and one resource that I shared with Liam that I would love for you guys to get or to look at is the Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent. Um, it has been such a joy for me um, because it's just a helpful reminder of why I'm supposed to remind myself of the gospel. Uh, but there are many passages in the New Testament that just clearly synthesize the gospel. I think of Titus 3, maybe 2. Don't fact check me on this. Titus 2, 3 through 5, I think. Um, it's just like a short synopsis of the whole gospel. And I'll just read that to myself. When I'm forgetting um, that, man, I'm a blood-bought child of God. Man, it's not by it's not by my works, but it's by grace that I've been seated here. Because um, when we do that, we're orienting our heart to Him, um, and that's what we're meant to do. Um, and so, Liam, I'd love to ask you: What are some practices that you have in your life that help remind you um, that Jesus is ultimate? Wow! Yeah, that's um a doozy. I did not prepare him for that. This is a doozy. That's great. Um, one I've been trying to institute. And after today, I'm going to try and do it on my knees um, to just show humility, but is 
singing a worship song every morning mm. upon awakening that reminds me of the gospel. Um, and recently it's been Doxology by, uh, there's a Shane and Shane version that they change up a little bit. So good. Um, and I just, I find myself literally humming that song randomly all the time at work, like throughout, throughout the day. Um, and, and just rehearsing those lyrics in my head, reminding myself of what Christ has done, the, the triune God, you know? Um, so that's a, that's a practical, um, tip I could say. Um, and to remind me, you know, uh, other ways is, is, is scripture reading. I have, uh, constantly, constantly fought, um, and failed at consistent scripture reading. Mm -hmm. And, and it is just soothing to the soul and, and reminding. Um, but yeah, you know, um, and getting people in your life who can kind of redirect you when, when you're, you're screwing up. When you're being a goof. When you're being a goof. Big goofball. Um, and I don't mean screwing up like you failed and blew it, but like, hey, let's just take a little redirection here. Yeah. Um, let's set our eyes back on Christ. Let's set our eyes back on God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I recently asked Sarah, something I struggle with is is um, just the way I interact. Something I'm being convicted of is the way I interact and respond to people at work. I just want to be mm. positive and not like yeah. to be the- Not like Caleb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did say it. that's on me. That's my. That's, that's definitely my on you. That's but I dig bad. it. I'll, I'll second it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll second it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But like meeting people where sh- they are. Yeah, and yeah. and just to be different. Like we're supposed to be the light of the world, right? Yeah. And 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 that's not just me sharing the gospel with you. That's adoring the gospel yeah. through how I live and how I respond and how I behave mm-hmm. in everything. So I've asked Sarah to my wife, if you don't know me or Sarah, Sarah's my wife to just keep me accountable in that, mm-hmm. to ask me how I'm doing, to remind me of that. And not that it's her job to make yeah. me do better, but just people, man, we need people. Yeah. Um, so that would be some tips. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. I definitely second um, that we should be the kinds of friends who point our friends to Jesus, and we should seek out the kinds of friends who do that for us. For sure. Um, and if you don't have those friends, you can start being those friends. Mm. Um, I think it's important that we take leadership in our own lives to say, I want to see this change in my relationships, and I want to actually make a commitment. And even tell people about that commitment to say, hey, I recognize that I've been shallow in the way that I love you, mm. but like loving you best is pointing you to what's best for you, and that's Christ. Um, I think that's so good. Another thing that I would say that I, I love singing. Uh, I'm very bad at singing. I do it very loudly and very poorly. Um, but our heart sings to the things that we love. And so I'm I'm consistently reminding myself that, like, the things I put in my ears, oh. like, am I listening to, to the kind of music that makes my heart stir for Christ? Am I, and, like, in my spare time, am I just saying, hey, God, just join me. Just mm-hmm. join me in what I'm doing. I have some reminders sometimes that I, that I have in my phone just to be like, oh. I need to, when I come to work, I try to put my hands on my desk and say, like, nothing I do here makes Christ love me more. It's wow. just him that makes me. It's just it's just him and his work. That's all. And I work out of that love, not for that love. Mm. Um, and so there's some things that I have to remind myself of. Um, and I was, I was telling you, I sometimes practice. I breathe in God's grace and I breathe out his peace. So I recognize that it's by his grace that I have an, it, I have an invitation to peace. Um, and so those are, like, little things to say, like, I want a life formed. Mm-hmm. by the truth of who Jesus is, that every word, thought, and deed would be his. And let me tell you, I'm not even close. I'm an absolute nightmare. Like, I, like, I've been thinking about, like, 
man, there are some things I really need to get under control. Like just like this overwhelming, like you've been such a goof (laughs) towards this. Um, and like sometimes the way that I joke, sometimes the way that I talk, like the naturalness in which I want to gossip, the naturalness in which I want to just like let my heart be astray, the things my mind wanders to, man, I've just been like, I was on an airplane and I was like literally shaking because I couldn't control my mind. And I was so frustrated. Mm. I said, God, I don't want to be thinking about these things. These things harm you. Mm-hmm. These things hate me. <laughs> like, like this is such a nightmare. And I was like, literally just like there. And I was like asking God for God's graciousness. I need to use the bathroom. I was praying that he'd wake up the two guys next to me. <laughs> and he did. And I was so grateful. Went to the bathroom, like had a reset. And like, I came back and I said, Lord, I need your help and mm-hmm. how to think about this. And he was so gracious. And we sat and I was writing out like what my prayer for his redemption of my heart to be. And he just like very graciously met me in the midst of that. It's awesome. Because I can trust that he cares. If my mind's going whack, he cares to write my thoughts and to remind me of his goodness. Um, and so friends, our invitation is not for more work. Yes. Our invitation is for more of Jesus in everything you do. Um, to say, he actually just wants all of your heart. Um, and that might mean that there are things you have to turn from because they have all of your heart. And only one thing can have all of your heart. And Jesus is standing up saying, it's going to be best if it's me. And so choose me. Oh, I think of the Grey's Anatomy. Choose me. Want me. Need me. Sorry for a Grey's Anatomy You're totally references. on that reference yeah. on your own on this yeah. one. I'm sure someone listening will get someone it. Someone might know the Grey's, Anatomy, uh, the Grey's Anatomy quote. <laughs> well, I have to cut this, maybe. Sorry, no, Mike. No, no, no. Um, just kidding. But, um, yeah, we would love um, for you to say yes to Jesus in every way. If he's calling you, if you're feeling convicted that you are choosing to fill your cup with other things, Mm -hmm. that his invitation is for you right now. Um, Liam, would you close us in prayer? I would love to, yes. Holy God, we are just so grateful um, for your word being proclaimed today, God, for uh, just the ability to have minds that can reflect on it, God, that you've created us with, Lord. And we just thank you, Jesus, that you came to uh, just crush religion and and emphasize relationship, God. And we see that in both examples of both people in these past couple sermons, Lord. So would you just convict our hearts, um, God, and and to just to just search for you, to stop searching in the world, God, um, to stop worshiping functional idols that will never ever satisfy God, but to find our satisfaction in you and the work that you've done for us, God, and, and how, yeah, we don't deserve it, but you have done it for us and we have no one to praise, but you for that God. So just soften our hearts to, to love you more, to be more thankful for you and, um, just come to you more and more and more. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, thank you so much. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, please do. Um, It's a way that you can get notified every time the podcast drops. We are grateful for you. And if this has been a blessing, please share with a friend. Uh, We always want to encourage believers to commit their life to Jesus and for non-believers to be curious about the Jesus that's reaching out to them. Uh, We love you guys and we pray you have an awesome week.